Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our weekly Bible study right here on our website. Once again, we want to thank you for coming to gather around with us today, around the Word of God, wherever you are. This is kind of a para-ministry to people who, who, uh, who come to this website. We're not becoming your pastor uh, you should have a local pastor for that we we are not holding a meeting in your town or city uh, where you can come to for an evangelistic meeting but we are an evangelistic outreach I am a pastor evangelist and have been the president director and pastor evangelist of the Holy Church of God Incorporated right here in Tampa Florida where this ministry and broadcast originates for for over 46 years and counting praise god i'll tell you i'm looking back on all of those years and uh quite a few tears in fact there's been a lot of heartache and heartbreak i've and and it's it's come through watching people fall away from god down through those years uh, as paul put it this way the apostle paul you did run good for a while, what hindered you? What happened to cause us to be sidelined or to get quit the race altogether? What occurred and why did it occur? And, and did God not provide everything that we needed through the gift of His Son, through His suffering and death upon the cross? What did His shed blood accomplish in our behalf other than the forgiveness of sin? Did it accomplish something to keep us? Amen. Not just forgive us, but to keep us from the enemy's desire to tempt us, to harm us, to hurt us, to destroy us. Friend of mine, I want to talk to you today about a result of the cross. When Jesus was on the cross, he did the greatest work of intercession that could ever be accomplished. There's nothing more that could be done uh, to, to bring us into reconciliation with God if we receive him as our Lord and Savior, repenting of our sin. But what else did he do? He started it on the cross, this, this work of intercession, and he continued it as our great high priest. Hallelujah. So I want to talk to you today about Jesus, our intercessor. And I want you to know if you're sidelined today, if you are backslidden, amen, if you have turned back, he is praying for your deliverance against Satan's intentions for your destruction and mine. And thank God for Jesus, our intercessor. Amen. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have a, 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 this coming up, a 60 year marriage under the pressure of ministry and just the other pressures of the culture that, that, that does everything in its power to, to tear apart uh, the, the family. I wouldn't have uh, a marriage that's going on 60 years if Jesus isn't my intercessor and our intercessor. If he didn't pray for us, amen, and others who who pray here at our church and other people that have prayed for us down through the years, 
It is intercession that has made all the difference in winning spiritual warfare and battles. It's not just our armor or God's armor. It is the prayers that are offered in our behalf and the works done by Christ in our behalf. So I want you to know today Jesus is praying for you. Jesus is praying for you. And he is presenting his blood and his wounds before the Father as the basis for the forgiveness that he is seeking in our behalf today. That's why it said there is one God and one mediator between God and man. And that is Jesus Christ. A mediator is, is one who, who seeks to reconcile two parties that are, that are at odds against one another. But more than that, he is, and because of that rather, he is literally an intermediate and an intercessor. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'm going to read to you how he's interceding for us in this particular instance and other instances in the, in the scripture. In Luke 22, verse 31 and 32, it says about Simon Peter is the one who is having this conversation with Jesus Christ. And this is what Jesus is telling Peter. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan hath desired to have you, that he may sift you as the wheat. The phrase have you, I want to stop here. The phrase have you in the Greek is plural. So he's not just talking about Peter. A lot of times we just think this is just personal between Christ and Peter and Jesus knowing how fallible Peter had been and how, how, uh, you know, unfaithful he had been and how vacillating he had been and, and how he didn't stand when he could have and should have stood. And, and it was just because Peter denied him so verbally and vocally uh, and vehemently swore with an oath and said, I never knew him. And, and, and he knew that this, this, this very impetuous Peter who, who said they might, but I'll never do it. And, you know, but no, it's, it's something that's intrinsic to all of our weak flesh. As Christians, we don't have the wherewithal to hold our resolve against an enemy that is as powerful as the enemy that's coming against us. He is a spiritual entity, a spiritual being. Satan hath desired to have you all, it's plural, that he may sift you as wheat. You, all of you, uh, you and all of my disciples. So from that day to this day, this scripture stands. And this is what Jesus does to help us to withstand the devil and all of the forces of hell that are arrayed against us. Again, listen, and I'm going to use the plural here. And we're going to read it from the Amplified that uses the plural as well. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan had desired to have all of you that he may sift all of you as wheat. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. He's going to use Peter by sustaining Peter, which was the weakest of them all when it came to being able to keep his commitment to not fail Jesus. 
and through the weakest and most frail of them all in that area, he was going to intercede for him to become strong and then he would have enough influence when they saw what Jesus did for and in and through Simon Peter. He was able to encourage them. Listen to it. But I have prayed for thee. Now we're talking about Peter in particular. That thy faith fail not. And when, not if. Because when Jesus prays, amen, he prays the perfect will of God in perfect faith. And he watches over his word because he was God incarnate. To bring it to pass. Hallelujah. But I have prayed for thee that thy faith fail not. And when thou art converted, strengthen thy brethren. Amen. Strengthen thy brethren. Once again, the phrase, Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as the wheat. In the Greek is plural, literally, to have all of you, all of the disciples, not just Peter, and all of us as well, you and me today. One translator renders it in the Amplified. Listen to it. The Amplified's New Testament. Simon, Simon Peter, listen. Satan has asked excessively that all of you, there it is, be given up unto him out of the power and keeping of God. Out of the power. Now I'm going to tell you something. When he asked that God withdraw his grace, his love, his presence, his power, Christ intercessions, amen, for us, he is asking something that God will never, ever, ever, ever grant. And the fact that he's asking for it proves that he doesn't have independent uh, authority to do what he wants to do without God's permission. That is a proof of the sovereignty of God. God is in control. Satan wants control and God simply won't give it to him. The only one that can give ground, will give ground to him and, and can give ground to him is us. And that's why the scripture says, give no ground to the devil. Submit yourself unto God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you because you have access to the power and keeping of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. That he might sift all of you like grain. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that your own faith may not fail. And when you yourself have been converted, it says here, have turned again, strengthen and establish your brethren. Praise God. I like that term, out of the power of God. He wants, he wants God to relent and allow Him to come at us so that we're in our own strength are trying to overcome Him because He knows we cannot. And more importantly, God knows we cannot. And he will not grant that to the devil. Remember the story of Job? He, he said, he said, will man serve you for naught when he argued with God about our wicked hearts? Even though Job was a righteous man, he said, if you let me at him, 
if you let me take all those blessings that you have given him, then then he'll curse you to your face. Will a man serve you for no other reason than you? You let take the hedge down, take that wall of protection around him and everything that he has down, and let me at him. And 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 to God to prove the point that Job would not ultimately reject God, even though he had nothing left that even resembled a blessing, but a whole lot that resembled a curse from God. And it wasn't from God. But the devil said, take the hedge down. And God said, okay, I'll, you can touch everything he has, but you cannot take his life. Amen. Listen, the devil, the devil roams about. The scripture said, is a roaring lion seeking who may, whom he may devour. Whom resists steadfast in the faith. Listen, the devil is mighty, but God has him on a leash. The leash being that he has to ask permission, and we have to give him permission. And if God won't grant it, and we won't grant it, then he'll never have permission to do the kind of things that he's doing against Christians today. It is so important to understand that we are kept by the power of God. We're not kept by our own resolve in and of itself. That releases the power of God to work in and through us and for us. But all of our victory is based on what Jesus did at the cross when he died for us and what he's doing because of the cross after that he has died because he has been raised and he ever lives to make intercession. Praise God. I miss some of the prayer warriors because I'm 75 years old. I know I don't look it. Well, you can't see me or I probably do look it, <laughs> but I don't feel it today. Amen. I feel like mounting up with wings as an eagle because I am looking to God for the strength I need. And there's more than enough <laughs> made available because of what Jesus did at the cross and what he's doing right now in our behalf as our high priest. We have an advocate with the Father. There is a mediator between God and man. And the Holy Spirit is the comforter, literally paraclete, one who's called alongside to help literally. And he helps us because another part of being a paraclete is being one who represents another, one who intercedes for another. It's all about God through Christ and through the Holy Spirit interceding for us. Amen. And that's why we have victory at all. If God wasn't interceding, if Christ as a high priest between us and God wasn't interceding, if the Holy Spirit wasn't granted to us to help us to overcome, release that power in our life. But listen, hold on. It's not just having power. It's having one who is standing in our behalf, an advocate with the Father. Amen. Satan, our great enemy, seeks permission to destroy us 
But that permission is denied because a great high priest stands in God's presence. Our great high priest stands in God's presence to intercede for us. There was a song years ago by the singing group Truth, and the name of it was He's Ever Interceding to the Father for His Children. You know, there's a lot of pop tunes and and hand-clapping, toe-tapping tunes out there today that's Christian entertainment. But a lot of the great hymns and great songs of not too long ago had a lot of really good theology to understand the work of God and the work of Christ in our behalf. Jesus declares before the high court of heaven that there is there there is a, an answer for Satan's accusations and the Bible said in Ro, in Revelation chapter 12 now is the accuser of our brethren cast down that accuse them before God day and night and they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony, and they love not their life even unto the death. The devil is an accuser. He asks permissions because that we are imperfect and none of us are sinless. He points that out and he asks permission to, to have that wall that, that being right with God has created around us, that hedge, if you please, against him. So he can get at us and God refuses it because Jesus is interceding for us. The devil stands before the high throne of heaven and he accuses us night and day. That's what devil means. Diablos, it means a maligner. One who accuses us and points out everything that is wrong with us. And he declares that not one of us is sinless, that the liar didn't have to lie about that, did he? Because we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if we say we have no sin, we become the liar and not the truth. But our great high priest stands up in our behalf. He intercedes. He presents his wounds and his shed blood as our only defense. What can wash away my sin? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And what can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flow that makes me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. I like the way that C.H. Spurgeon Uh, talked about these verses of Scripture that I'm reading and the things that I'm saying to you about Jesus, our high priest. He said, How encouraging is the thought of the Redeemer's never-ceasing intercession for us. When we pray, He pleads for us. And when we are not praying, He is advocating our cause and by His supplication shielding us from unseen dangers. This is not saying it's okay not to pray. It's vital that we pray. But if you go through a winter time and a season where where you get deeply discouraged, He 
is still interceding for us. When we reach the hilltops of heaven, this this is back to Spurgeon. When we reach the hilltops of heaven and look back upon all the way whereby the Lord our God hath led us, how shall we praise Him? How shall how we shall praise Him who before the eternal throne undid the mischief which Satan was doing upon the earth against us? How shall we thank Him because He never held his peace, but day and night pointed to the wounds upon his hands and carried our names upon his breastplate. Even before Satan had begun to tempt, Jesus had forestalled him and entered a plea in heaven. Mercy, he said, because of this, mercy outruns malice. <laughs> Here is a matter for joy, gratitude, hope, and confidence. Praise God. Ah, thank you, C.H. Spurgeon, preacher of long ago. But what an insight and an understanding and appreciation of the priestly ministry of Jesus and the, the precious, powerful ministry of intercession. I like what the great missionary to China, J. Hudson Taylor, once said. He said, Christ alone is our anchor. He said, I have failed. I am failing. I will fail. But Jesus never fails. You see, a Christian is not someone who is so empowered by the Holy Spirit. He doesn't need the advocacy of Christ anymore. He doesn't need someone interceding for him. He needs him then more than ever. And that's why Christian victory as a result of Jesus' intercession. Christians get up. Jesus interceded for Peter. And Peter got up again and became a stalwart, solid, hallelujah, disciple and apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, a martyr for the cause of Christ without flinching. It's because Jesus prayed for Peter, hallelujah, that Peter was enabled to stand. It wasn't just being empowered by the Holy Ghost because Jesus is praying for our will to, to, to serve him, to become so strong that we are able to get up and stand up and appropriate that power that has been granted us and given us. Don't think because you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, you don't need grace to stand. Don't think because you speak in other tongues and prophesy and preach under some heavy anointing or or interpret or 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 have some of the gifts operating that because of power in and of itself you do not need Christ's intercession in your behalf. You must have it. It's imperative. You can't stand in power alone. You have to stand because of the advocacy of Christ in our behalf. Our hope, therefore, is not in our ability to stand, but in His ability to protect and sustain us. I was uh, in a home, invited to a home, another pastor and his wife invited to that home, and the 
the host told the, the pastor that I had never met, that I had been in ministry approaching 50 years, and that we had, my wife and I had been married for going on 60 years. And he immediately, and he was an older guy. He wasn't old as me, but he had white hair. Uh, and, and he said, he said, what is the secret? What is the secret to, to sustaining victory uh, in those areas that the devil attacks so strongly? What is the secret of victory? I said, you know, I guess he was expecting some profound insight into something that, that wasn't, you know, pretty clear in scripture uh, that we all should know and there's no there's no magic formula for that it's simple it's jesus it's jesus it's jesus and i just you know i could have tried some theological jargon with him to make him think i knew more than i knew i don't have to know anymore looking unto jesus running this race with patience with perseverance looking where for the endurance we need, the help we need, whatever we need to keep on keeping on, looking unto Jesus. Literally, it would be, it would be interpreted this way in what they heard in the Greek, looking away from all that will distract. Cause you can't look to anything while you're looking at something else. You have to look away from something to look to anything. You have to look away from yourself. You have to look away from your own strength, your own ability, your own, your own ingenuity, your own intelligence. That's why it said not, don't, <laughs> said rich man don't, don't glory in your riches and mighty man don't glory in your strength. Amen. Wise man don't glory in your wisdom, but he that boasts, he that glorieth, he that brags, Boast in this, that you know me, that you understand me. Praise God. Amen. The stronger you get in God, the more you lean on Jesus and the more you look to God. And the less you trust in yourself, you have self-confidence because you're trusting him with all your heart. Hallelujah. Praise God. I believe I'm going to overcome. I believe that I'm going to stand the test. I have been standing, been believing that I could stand it. Sometimes I felt like I wasn't standing that strong, that tall, that stable. But that's where his intercession kicks in. Paul said, when I'm weak, then am I made strong? Yes, because he was looking to Jesus with all of his heart in his weakness. But secondarily, it's because when we fall down, Jesus stands up. And that's why the first Christian martyr turned his eyes to heaven and said, I see Jesus. Now, the Bible said Jesus is seated at the right hand of power, at the right hand of God. But he didn't see Jesus seated when he was being put to the test of his commitment to Christ, and they were, they were literally throwing the stones that would ultimately take his life at him, he said, I see Jesus standing at the right hand of power, at the right hand of the Father, at the right hand of God. Dear friend of mine, why was Jesus standing? Just to honor him? Just, sure, but above all, Jesus had stood up 
in order to intercede for him that he would have the sufficiency of the grace that is offered he would have the peace that is offered and the bible literally said i don't know what god did for him but i do know amen it said and he fell asleep now i know sleep was used for death but the way that he passed from that this world to that world after what he saw i i i think the glory of that god opening the heavens showing him what i don't think he felt another i i i don't think he felt another stone as he passed into unconsciousness because he was so conscious of jesus standing up in his behalf i feel such a presence of god here today listen i'm going to say it again because i believe it's appointed and anointed and biblically correct to say so in light of jesus our high priest interceding day and night just like the devil is accusing he's interceding praise god amen when the christian falls down christ stands up glory to god and i want you to know today that if you have fallen down under the weight and the pressure of, of temptation, of persecution, of whatever it is, Jesus is standing up in your and my behalf today. Amen. That's why the great missionary to China, great man of God, J. Hudson Taylor, he said, on one occasion, I have failed I am failing. I will fail. But Jesus never fails. He was faithful. But he said, my faithfulness is not based on me never failing. It's based on Jesus never failing to intercede for me. Do you see that today? What a glorious revelation. Praise God. Amen. Listen, our hope once again is not in our ability to stand, but in His ability to protect us and sustain us. The Apostle Paul said, When I'm weak, then am I strong. They seem odd words, don't they? Understand that in our times of weakness, when we understand how helpless we truly are without Him, in those times we are the most dependent on Him. And when we are the most dependent on Him, we're in the least danger in those times when we feel so ill-equipped and needy, we are the strongest because we've stopped relying on our own strength and devices. But instead, we're resting in Him, trusting in Him, and looking to Him. Looking unto Jesus. who As what? As what? what? What are we looking to Him for? Are we just looking to Him for the power that He's made available to us as we qualify for the fullness of the Holy Spirit? I'm full of power, the Old Testament prophet said. By the, I'm full of, of power by the Spirit of God. And Jesus said you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. But it's, But power in and of itself without our resolve. You see, we've got the power to overcome the devil. We've got the authority over him. But we, in our own character and makeup, we are still flesh and blood. And God understands our weaknesses. And we have a great high priest 
that was tempted in all points as we are, yet without sin. Amen. Listen, Hebrews 7.25 said, Wherefore He is able to save them to the uttermost that have come to God by Him, seeing that He ever liveth to make intercession for them. We need to see Jesus standing at the right hand of God, presenting His His wounds in our behalf when we are at our weakest, when we are in the most need of grace and mercy. He is pleading that we might be granted that grace and that mercy, and then that power is released within us. Glory be to God. Listen, Paul said, with all of his experiences, with all of his appointing and anointing, I am what I am by the grace of God. Hallelujah. Friend of mine today, I want you to know that God loves you. And when you are weak and you trust in Him, He prays for you. He saw it coming before it hit you, whatever the problem and the circumstance is. And He didn't start praying for you when you prayed. He started praying for you when He saw the devil setting the traps that He set and desiring to destroy you. I'm glad today for the protection and for the provision that God has given us in Christ. When He raised Him from the dead, for our justification and made him unto us a great, merciful, powerful, personal high priest to make intercession for us. I'm going to heaven because there was an intervention in my life because Jesus took my place on the cross because Jesus now intercedes in my behalf. I'm being kept by the power of God today. And you can too. The devil has told someone in this audience, you can't live for God. You never could. You never will. You you failed, 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 failed. You come to Christ just like you are. You come back to Christ with all of your past failures. And I'm telling you today, Amen. When you fall down next time and you understand and you look to Jesus who is standing up for you to make intercession for you, you're going to be granted that that you didn't know that you could be granted. And that is the mercy that releases the sufficiency of grace for you to get through what you could never get through before. And you can and will overcome because He is praying for you. And when you are converted, hallelujah, when the weak one and the failing one is standing so true and strong to God, what an encouragement you're going to be to others who need to know there is indeed victory in Jesus. And we are, because of His intercession, on the cross, and now as our high priest, <laughs> we're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Today, don't run from Jesus if you don't know him. Don't, don't diminish what he's done on the cross to save you by letting the devil tell you you're, you're hopeless. 
You're helpless to save yourself and God. God don't trust you to stand. There's no need asking Him for forgiveness. You have failed too many times. I'm telling you by the authority of God's Word that right now, Jesus is praying for you. I'm praying for you. I do pray for you on this broadcast and for the broadcast. But Jesus is standing up. Don't wallow in your defeat. My dad used to play the song on his fiddle. He used to sing a verse of it. I was all lost and undone without God nor His Son when the Savior reached down for me, when He reached way down for me. Ma'am, sir, young person, Jesus is reaching a nail-scarred hand. Oh, but not a weak hand, a mighty hand. He's reaching it down to right where you are right now. Holy Spirit is right there manifesting Jesus to you. Repent of your sin. Reach up in faith that His love hasn't failed you, will not fail you. And He will lift you up, pardon your sin, forgive you, sustain you until He comes for you. He'll seal you with the Holy Spirit to help you stand. In Jesus' name.